It's show 168 of the Rim Pro Report today. Bob Johnson of Nade and the latest industry news. Uh, the show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. Well, we've talked about O'Neill's newest offering that is in rapid development right now, O'Neill Cloud. O'Neill has actually been active in cloud services for a number of years now with their O'Neill Bridge service which connects file room software with records management center system software. This week, O'Neill announced over a million items are actually being managed through the O'Neill Bridge cloud service. And uh, and that's pretty cool stuff. A lot of stuff happening in the cloud right now, and uh, O'Neill continues to make that happen, not just what's coming up, but what they've already been doing. Really solid stuff. And if you want to learn more about how your record can connect to your client's file and document management software, head on over to O'Neillsoft.com. I thought it would, would be appropriate to inform you that there are only 349 days left till 2015. Welcome to the RIM Pro Report. The one and only weekly broadcast for the RIM support services industry. Bustling with news, views, and the latest updates. This show is full of interesting information. So take notes. Now here's your host, Tom Adams. Yep, yep, yep. It's me and it's 2014, second show of the year. Last week we talked a little bit about what, are, what were some of the things I saw in the industry in the previous year and tried in my own way to wrap up what's going on. And uh, I, I, I think today we're going to keep at that a little bit because I've invited Bob Johnson to join me. Uh, Bob is the CEO of Nade. And uh, one of the things he has is a, a very unique perspective on what's happening, obviously, in the shredding and destruction and information destruction industries. And I thought it would be helpful for him, actually, to give us uh, some flavor of what's gone on in uh, the Nade uh, information destruction world over the last year and maybe some of his uh, predictions for what are going to happen in 2014. So we're going to spend some time with Bob today talking about that. But before we do, I wanted to catch you up on the latest industry news. Uh, I talked last week about the acquisitions that were about to unfold in the industry. I just have this sense that it's going to happen based on what I've seen in some of the majors. And uh, so let the acquisition games begin in 2014. Uh, this week, Access acquired a data site northwest in Seattle. That's a big acquisition. Uh, Access already had a pretty strong presence by uh, in in that marketplace, and with the acquisition of data site northwest uh, last week. Uh, that really solidifies a position that Access now has in, in the greater Seattle area. So congratulations to Dave Herrick, Dave Mitchell, and Doug Jordan on the sale of their business as well as to Access, um, Rob and John, and uh, the entire team at Access on this significant acquisition. Uh, Catalyst Data Management of Houston acquired Iron Mountain's UK tape transcription business. Iron Mountain will retain its core storage and tape management services in the acquisition. So no major change to what most people would uh, deal with in the UK related to Iron Mountain's tape business. Um, but the sale of this product is Catalyst is really a end-to-end um, -end data management service provider to the oil and gas industry. And interestingly enough, Iron Mountain owns 25% share in Catalyst. So there's a lot of interplay there, but uh, Catalyst is really focused on the oil and gas industry and the tape transcription business is really more aligned with their service product offering. So congratulations to both Catalyst and Iron Mountain on that transaction. Uh, last month, we announced that Joe 
Paul Erba had moved to Reb Storage Systems from Russ Bassett Corp, where he was originally the, uh, or he was at Russ Bassett, the VP of Sales. This week, Russ Bassett announced that Reb would be the exclusive distributor of Russ Bassett's line of media storage products. That seems like a, a logical follow-through. It would indicate to me the power of the relationships Joe has developed in the media vault industry over the years. Joe is also managing Reb's rack remediation and repair division. So congratulations to Reb, Russ Bassett, and Joe Malerba on this uh, great news. The File Depot, headquartered in Slidell, Louisiana, has announced that it has opened a new franchise location in Orange County, California. The File Depot is already in five states, Alabama, Florida, Louisiana, Mississippi, and North Carolina. Franchise Beacon is managing the franchise development efforts of the File Depot. So congratulations to A.G. Crow, the founder and CEO of File Depot, on this. It'll be interesting to see how this franchise development uh, will transpire in the industry we we know historically that's uh, been tried and uh looks like ag crow is trying to come at it in a in his own way and uh wish him great success in that i expect there's probably a lot more news i've missed and more to come in the week ahead but that's all i've got for now uh let's get on to bob johnson so hold tight while i get him on the line Bob Johnson is the CEO of Nade and is no stranger to our podcast. Bob, are you there? I am, Tom. Good morning. Hey, welcome to the Rim Pro Report, and uh, more importantly, Happy New Year. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Good. It's uh, I, I asked you to join me today so we could chat about the, th- the you know all things secure destruction industry Nade both in 2013 the year we've come out of and then looking ahead to 2014. So uh, thank thanks for joining me at the start of 2014 to talk about this a little bit. So so let's start with this. Looking back on 2013, in your opinion, what was the most significant change, event, or thing that happened in the secure destruction world, uh, and maybe what's the impact of that? Well, you know, if if I'm looking at the it, just the the North America or the U.S. secure destruction world, and I think that's probably where most of the audience is focused right now, it has to be the uh, the high tech compliance deadline in September. Um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of other trends that we're seeing, a lot of other industries are paying attention to those compliance requirements. You know, in, especially now in light of the uh, the Target incident, um, as regulators look for what can we do, I think the high tech modifications to HIPAA, you know, become and a review of how those have gone hmm. become really significant. Now, uh, you know, I, I, on the other hand, and I, and I know you, you're kind of trying to find the one here. If I'm looking at it from the NAID side yeah. uh, of you know the most significant thing for the year, I would probably I, I could probably boil it down to two. It, it's a really long list, uh, which I'm 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 proud of. But um, uh, both personally and I think as an industry, it's significant that we passed 1,000 NAID certified locations hmm. um, late last year. That's cool. um, so that's a biggie for us. And and uh, maybe even the most significant thing that that's happened you know, over the last five years would be the um, the state of Nebraska and now other states following suit. Uh, turning to Nade and asking for hard input, right down to specific legislative language on and, and help in designing the uh, a you know what would be the uh, perfect is a bad word to use, but a uh, 
um, the best example we could construct of a data destruction requirement, a, a law requiring the destruction of personal lead, personal information when it's discarded. So, you know, we have a lot of um, experience with those because we've worked with other states, we've worked at the federal level. We've now had a decade to see how many of those have panned out and what has worked and what hasn't worked. We've also been involved in other um, initiatives. Um, when uh, the state of California, for instance, um, noticed that many of the d data breaches they were having to deal with were coming from abandoned records, they called Nate in several years ago to help them write a, um, a law to deal with the disposal of abandoned records or the destruction of abandoned records. And we worked with them and, and we kind of coined the term legacy custodian. Well, that whole legacy custodian issue, and by the way, California and Indiana are the only two states that have a law requiring the destruction of abandoned records, but we, that's obviously a very important part of any data protection or any data destruction law. Right. So this would be the, and this is just an example of some of the things we included, this would be the first data destruction law when, when and I don't say if, but when Nebraska passes it, that will have that legacy custodian abandoned records destruction provision in it. Um, now, there are other unique features of it, you know, that we were able to pull in, but why it's so significant, in, uh, you know, I love Nebraska, and we're glad Nebraska's doing this. We're glad that other states now are already looking at what we're doing there. Yeah. But we think it can be an example in Canada. We think it can be an example in Europe. We think it can be an example in Australia. And, and going back to what I first said about uh, uh, when, I, when I talked about the impact of Target, as regulators now are heating up on this issue again, yeah. um, if, if looking for that type of stuff. And often they look at all the cybersecurity stuff and they look at the breach notification, but they don't really, can't really get a handle on data destruction. So if we've got this, you know, this, uh, I'm, I'm misusing the word, but this, let's use ideal, this yeah. ideal data destruction provision already created and being adopted at the state level, we're hoping it can be, you know, introduced in, in federal legislation if we finally come to that. So wow. anyway, long-winded answer, but that's... But that's, 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 to me, a pretty profound thing that's happening. And I guess the, the outflow of that is uh, as Nade and you are sort of leading the charge on this kind of stuff, for a, a secure uh, shredding and destruction company, how does the work that you're doing at that uh, state or federal level or potentially at a country level if other countries get involved um, in terms of legislation, how does that affect a shredding and destruction company? I think uh, of all the of all the ways it, it will affect them, and of course there there are many, and you know, and, and many build off another, and others overlap. Yeah. But yeah. you know, the the and I don't care what business you're in. Generally, the the um, the issue you deal with or the obstacle you'll deal with is getting the attention of the customer, get getting them to put your issue high enough on the priority list that they will deal with it or take it seriously. Right. And we've always been played by this and, and we've seen we've seen that change dramatically over the last well, I go back thirty years, but um, the uh, um, over the last ten has been the most significant change in that and even in the last two or three it's improved more. Well as Nate is able to um, uh, work these, this language into into these regulations and, and make it a priority. You know, it, it's 
I, I tell this story often. We when in in the middle in 2005 2004 we spent a lot of time in Washington talking to legislators. And at the time, um, because they were still dealing with the choice point breach notification and and identity theft was now in full swing as this right. national epidemic, which has not assuaged, by the way, but right. still is is you know at the time it was it was it was really high on their agenda. There were uh, a half a dozen, if not more, data protection bills that we that we were noticed were in play. As we would go and talk to these regulators. Um, or, or often it was the the aides, of course, to senators and right. Republicans or, or and, and uh, representatives that had uh, sponsored them. So we talked to them, and and we say you've got a beautiful data destruction law here, or data data protection regulation here, but you still haven't done anything on the disposal issue, which is according to all the the statistics and evaluations out there, is at least half the problem, and right. it's not even addressed in your in your and and, and it was. You could literally see the lights go on, mm. and it was like, oh, 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 you know, oh, you're right, exactly. And they just weren't thinking about it. Um, and and I'm sure many of your listeners, any of them in the information destruction space, have have uh, gone on an appointment to talk to someone about information destruction, and they end up talking to um, somebody in facilities who really doesn't have any idea right. of what compliance means right. or what destruction means. So. A, a kind, again, kind of a long-winded answer, but but what it really all goes back to is the fact that um, is the fact that our our issue, the issue that that company represents when they go in to talk about to to speak to their client about, is is given the attention and uh, the priority that it finally deserves. Yeah, and inevitably, as the the work that Nate is doing in the background, often and it it you know it's shows up in press releases and these kind of conversations, but to the the rank and file member of NAID, um, not really aware of that activity going on in the background, but ultimately it's going to be the hammer that forces people to take notice of this. Is is that what you're saying? Uh, yes, and thanks for putting it much more succinctly. No, I just... And, and I you, just... you do point to... You know, no, you, you point to a, a, an issue that we always have, and, and any association probably has the same issue. You know... Uh, Members have every right to look at immediate ROI on what they're doing, and and you know it's we live in a what have you done for me lately world. A lot of these things take a lot of time yeah. to develop and 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 prove out. So, you know, it, and and I don't think that Nate in any way shirks from that responsibility to fulfill both. So, um, it, but it is a balance you have to strike, and you do have to remind members that there's this very high level work that you're doing that. Um, that is going to, have, in long term, could dramatically change the marketplace. In the near term, you know, we have conferences, we have shred school, yeah. we have brochures, we have the other things they can access today to improve their business. Right, but but I I think um, you know you you answered my first question, which was you know what are, what were the big things, and I think when you connect um, the the work and the response to high tech, uh, the HIPAA you know, compliance regulations, uh, the whole thing that you're doing at a, at a legislative level, both of those things are, are not immediate responses, but, 
uh, could have a long-term and and powerful benefit on on people who are a part of this industry. So uh, thank you for the work you guys are doing in that. So looking maybe internally in the industry, um, what other significant changes or events or things happened in this world, in the secure destruction world um, that matter, that are important, that have impact based on what you saw in the last year? Trying to find a good way to put it because everything is interconnected with each other, right? right. So, so if, if I'm looking at the trends going on in our industry over the last year that are that you know are, are really coming on strong, it would be the um, and again, it's just an offshoot of things like high tech, things like Target, other things. But the highly regulated organizations, I mean, and what I mean is those highly re- regulated on data protection issues, have certainly uh, increased the how carefully they evaluate their vendors. So vendor qualifications mm. are increasingly increasingly important. And again, it's just a, it's just a symptom of you know the the right. things that are happening in the marketplace and the headlines and the and the regulations and, and that type of stuff. So you know it's uh, that that of course has its own ramifications, which means that uh, you're looking at significant changes in contract language, and so that has been a definite significant trend. And then there's been the, uh, and, and if I was looking at contract language per se and had to be even more specific, it would be in the areas of breach notification and uh, indemnification. Hmm. And, those are the, and those are the calls I get from members who are seeing new language in, in contracts, usually in healthcare, but often not in healthcare, right. um, where the, the contract language has changed so dramatically from the last one and certainly they're 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 often frightened of what they're seeing. Oh, and and you know the question ultimately is is this reasonable for the customer to be asking this of me? Hmm. Wow. That those those are big things because in you know in many cases uh, we we as especially let's let's take for instance the smaller single to you know a couple of truck operator who might actually have a hard drive shredder. Um, you know, the, the act of going and getting legal opinion on this is, is an expensive proposition, and yet customers are bringing it back to them based on their own regulated environment, which inevitably you're saying is dramatically changing now, and you're seeing more and more calls into NAID saying, help us with this, we don't quite get this. You know, the, the funny thing is, is I'm, and I mentioned earlier about the regulators, you know, not getting what we do and not understanding it. And the risk manager or the, or, you know, or the legal department or who, legal counsel, who's ever generating these new contracts, they write one contract and they think this is the contract for all of your business associates or all of your data-related vendors use this. And uh, there yeah. certainly are many, many commonalities among those contracts, but there are also many, many subtleties and often... There are there are requirements that have nothing to do with our industry, and yet they're required in a contract. And for the you know the member doesn't even realize that nothing that should even be in a contract we sign, and it's a requirement you're putting on us as a vendor that has no applicability to what we do, and yet it's in there because they've written one for it, contract yeah. for all of their vendors. And right. Some of their data-related vendors, they might do uh, $20 million a year with them. Others, they might do $2,000 a year. Right. I don't know why anyone would think that would be the same contract, but right. yet there is one contract for them. Of course, even the range of services is very wide. And so that's one of the issues that our members have to deal with. And um, 
you know, we're careful, obviously, to say that we are not legal counsel. Right. We are industry experts, and this is our opinion. But often that does carry weight when they have to go back and, and renegotiate that item. Yep. I, I get more afraid when, when the, the member just signs it to get the business and doesn't right. think about right. those indemnification clauses and those breach notification clauses and other things that are in there. So, um, but it's, uh, it's just something we're going to have to, to work through. Yeah. So uh, last last week on the show, I talked a little bit about the acquisitions that have have happened in 2013. Uh, how has how how has Nade seen the impact of continual acquisitions? Uh, does it have much of an influence? You said you know you got to a thousand member locations, certified locations, um, and and obviously if a large entity purchases a small entity, that becomes a new location potentially. But um, from from your perspective, what what are you seeing as the acquisition um, process continues in our industry? Well, Tom, we actually have 2,000 member locations. Half of them are NAID certified. Okay. Um, and so we have 1,000 NAID certified. But so when you're looking at that number, the impact is, has not been dramatic. So we haven't seen it. But, but that's not to say there's not a lot going on. And if you, if you pushed me, I would say that the, um, uh, it, it is, it's actually a, acquisitions in our industry is still strong and, 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 we're still seeing, and I would say that there's actually a trend, I call it the thinning of the herd. I mean, the number of data destruction companies is shrinking, believe it or not, in, in, the, in the U.S. And now, I'm not only talking about, of course, hard copy slash paper shredding. I'm talking about electronic recyclers right. as well. And, and they went through a wave of major consolidation. You know, those waves of consolidation that we saw early in, um, in the early 2000s where the large rim companies kind of came in strong to the industry and Cintas joined the industry and, and there were a lot of the big regional players were taken out. Right. Um, you, we saw the same thing on the electronic side where, you know, a lot of, a lot of medium and large regional players were taken out and consolidated um, by the likes of, uh, you know, just, just various companies and some mega companies sprang right. up in that area. Right. So a lot of the, most of that's been done. We, we're not actually seeing a lot of acquisition in our space anyway, in, you know, of the large regionals or, or even the medium-sized regionals. Where we're seeing the thinning of the herd is where you've got, um, uh, you have um, uh, a marginal operator in a market who more or less is just tired of killing himself for right. wages. <laughs> and, right. uh, um, and, and so, so he, he more or less just sells his customer base and his truck to somebody. Right. And, and of course, now, now there are, a, there's a lot of that going on yeah. and it, it's really a phenomenon that comes from maybe uh, certainly an economic slowdown that we went through, but the, maybe the, uh, the, the, um, uh, adrenaline fueled uh, expectations, or whatever you want, entrepreneurial fueled expectations that we had in the mid to late 2000s, where there was such a a rash of guys who, uh, or guys and gals, um, who just decided they were going to get in this business and be their own boss, and they could, you know, spend a little money, truck, and off they went, and uh, and they found it was it, it got tougher, and uh, than it was then. It's 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 more of a saturated market, and of course the economy slowed down a little bit. And that, that combination has led to a lot of that. So those are members, by the way, that disappear for Nate. Right. They, right. they, they aren't a new location anywhere. They're, they're, they're gone, and we're yeah. seeing a lot of that. Yeah. On the other hand, 
we're, we are seeing some very, I, I guess, uh, well-heeled or, or, or companies, organizations with a lot of resources continuing to move into the industry, often, often supported by some other business that they're in already, and right. they're adding this on as a line item and what. So, so I, and I can't say one quite outbalances the other. I, I actually do think capacity for hard copy destruction is shrinking in the U.S. Um, both in the electronic side and in the on, the on the hard copy side. The one last thing I would say is that there's also another type of transition going on in that area, and that is where, as the customers transition to an environment where they've got to be more careful about the vendors that they select. Yeah. Marginal operators are having a tougher time keeping up with that. Right. So, yeah. you know, so we, when you when you look at industry capacity, you don't just say, "All right, here's all the industry capacity." You say, "Here's the industry capacity. Here's the industry capacity in the highly regulated area where they've got." Uh, you know, good qualifications are well vetted. They've got the proper indemnification. They they know how to talk the language. They they can literally have the resources to become the compliance partner with the customer. There's there's that capacity in the marketplace, and then there's the capacity of people who or, or organizations that own a shredding machine, or own a right. or, or own a hard drive shredder, or and you know that's another capacity. And and there's there will be a place for both of them, but. It's. I just don't want to treat it like just like it's not all one customer. Yeah. It's not all one vendor, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah. So uh, that that inevitably um, drives the industry forward and and drives the demand from operators. And when you you kind of hit that wall of feeling like you can't compete in that game anymore, and you're driving your truck and trying to sign contracts that that are scary. Um, there, there can be value in just saying, uh, I've built this base of customers and maybe it's time to let them go. Um, so yeah, I, I, I see that from my perspective. Well, I see that happening and, um, it's interesting to watch, but it's kind of cool that it hasn't, hasn't had a detrimental effect on Nate as an organization. Um, shred school seemed to really blossom this year for you guys. T tell me a little bit about, um, that. I, I know we're already, um, smoking through time here, but, um, tell me a little bit about shred school and what happened with shred school this year. Well, it, last year we launched shred school after acquiring the rights to the name and all that. And one thing we didn't have was the, the spiritual founder, I guess, of shred school, which was Ray Barry. Yeah. Um, he'd gone in a different direction with his career. And uh, we we did our best with it, and I think we did a great job. We had, in, in fact, for the uh, we 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 referred to it as our beta rollout, and we did five shred schools in 2013, and they went very well. Um, uh, and and we've really felt like we got our sea legs. Um, the opportunity to bring Ray Barry on board came along at the end of the year, and um, we we jumped on that opportunity, and we're very glad to have Ray on board. So. With him back at the helm of Shred School and the additional resources and acumen that Nade brings to that picture, uh, I think uh, uh, well, all bets are off. It's, it's Katie bar the wall on how we're going to do with that, that project going over this year. Um, but we're already seeing signs that um, the first two events are, are being close to sold out already. Cool. Um, and uh, we, we have no, no doubt, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be... The, the growth potential there is only in how many shred schools can we do. Right. Because um, going going back to my comment on, you know, there's the capacity of the well-qualified 
compliance partners out there, and they're the ones that are going to thrive in the future because they can get the margins. They, they're dealing with customers who are willing to pay that margin. Um, and so there's going. I, I just think it's, it's not only is shred school a good thing for the industry, but it's coming at a time when it's going to serve a really important need in the in yeah. our members' uh, marketplace. Yeah, that's great. So I'm I'm just going to say a couple of different um, couple of different. Uh, big items here and you can just respond at will for a brief period of time because I know there's so many but um, Natum any 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 response on Natum any thoughts on Natum any things you want to say about yeah. Natum I, I'm just going to say that the idea behind Natum is the fact that the industry has been is misserved is, is not served well by the common conception of shredding so we're trying to change how people think about shredding hmm. And if this were word association, Tom, what I would say to our listeners is patience. Okay. Uh, downstream data. Uh, a, a product perfectly crafted for the environment that we're going to go in. Um, I spoke about indemnification. I spoke about the fact that clients don't um, have a good understanding of what their needs are. The insurance companies don't necessarily either um, because the clients don't, because the insurance companies don't. A lot of members are out there buying products that will not serve them in the marketplace. Um, downstream is no more expensive than any other um, uh, than any other policy out there uh, for what it does, and yet we we have you have Nade's word standing behind it that it was written specifically for the for the indemnification needs of professional uh, liability indemnification needs of today's data destruction service provider. Hmm. Thank you. See, that was very commercial, I know. Yeah, that was that was good, but uh, I invited you on. Uh, CSDS, tell me what any any sort of wrap-up yeah. statement on that one. The wrap-up statement on that one would be that um, the CSDS is a delivery method. Uh, we've struggled over the years to, to encourage our members and, and cajole them and do everything we can to uh, convince them to become experts in our industry, hmm. to really embrace the, the seven or eight different pieces of the pie, to become experts in those areas so they can go into the marketplace, not only with the knowledge, but with the confidence that they have there. And the CSDS accreditation is the reward for that. Hmm. So it's um, by making that program available, we are providing that background. And I, I, what I call it is uh, industry Velcro. Hmm. Because, you know, when you, um, if, if I read a scientific journal in an area that I'm not familiar, none of it's going to stick because I don't have any context with which to put it. Right. And, and uh, with to stick it against. So when, with the CSDS, you get that, that industry Velcro, that industry context, so that the other stuff that comes your way throughout the day in a sales presentation that you read, that you, you know, anything you do adds to that and can build on that. If you don't have the context or the Velcro, you don't have anything to build on. Right. So um, uh, that's, that's my, uh, that's my uh, probably 60-second spiel on CSDS. Nade, all right, that's good. Uh, Nade in the international arena. Yeah, it's, it's an area fraught with challenges and, uh, and opportunities, I guess, like, like everything else. The, uh, the challenges are that all the regions aren't the same. Um, you've got areas like Europe where there's a bit of an economic malaise, and then you've got, uh, and of course, the multilingual area. Um, in in markets like the United Kingdom and Australia, we're doing we're doing better. 
the, the, the good news is that Nade is a well-known commodity, for lack of a better word, by the regulators in all those areas. Right. So we're very proud that the, the, the data protection director um, in, of, uh, in the U.K. or in Brussels or, or, or in Sydney, Australia, or I should say uh, Canberra, Australia, know who Nate is and will often turn to us for issues related to information destruction. Hmm. Very cool. So let's move to 2014. Uh, this is a bit of a celebration year, is it not? Well, yeah, 20 years. Who wow. Who out, right? Wow. Yeah, I, I, I have to tell you, for a, for a guy that had just sold a shredding company, um, it, uh, uh, it, didn't, uh, it, it, it never dawned on me that I would be running a trade association 20 years ago. And you know, Tom, even, when, even in those first five years when we were just getting it going, it was never my intention to stick around. In, in fact, some people don't know I left after five years. <laughs> right. and, and, and I went back in the information destruction business in New York, and I was away for three years. And uh, it was only after um, uh, dissolving that company that, uh, that the board came back to me and asked me to step back in. And it was the furthest thing from my mind. And here we are now uh, 13 years on from there or so, whatever the, the math is, and uh, and uh, never in my wildest dreams thought I'd be an association uh, um, executive. The the other thing is, and, you know, and to be honest, I don't even still don't consider myself an association executive. I consider myself a, an information destruction uh, guy, if you will. Right. But um, but the 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 other thing is the success of Nate. Yeah. I, I remember when w- Willie Geiser was president uh, about the in the millennium, I think, or or it was just before. It might have been. Uh, uh, well, I, I was back, so it was 2001, 2002, and uh, Willie was the president, and he said that he thought that Nate would be able to get to 400 members. Wow. And, I, and, and my email back to him was, Willie, let's not, let's not get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. So, um, and, and as far as, you know, uh, we, we did, uh, we, we've got a growing membership in Asia, and I didn't mention that when you talked about international, but... You know, we've got a we get a significant toehold in in uh, and I don't want to. It's it is a campaign. If I say toehold, it's not a war. But we've uh, we we've got a uh, we've got base in Japan. We've got members in in uh, Beijing. We've got a, a, our first electronic certification coming up in China. Wow. So um, uh, it, it's a lot of promise over there. And again, going back 20 years ago, if you if you'd have told me all of this, I would have told you you were nuts. Yeah. Well, congratulations on uh, 20, 20 amazing years. I I know that you know based on what you've you've told us in the past and what you know I've I've heard and heard the story. Um, it it's really an astounding thing. And so, um, congratulations to you and the team and the the leaders for all the years who have have contributed. The Willie Geysers who you just mentioned, and you know Tom Simpson, and many of whom we've had on the show. Uh, who you know have passionately believed in this industry and uh, in in creating something of value for everyone who's a part of it, and um, so it's it's really great news. Um, you're a passionate advocate for this industry. You you don't believe yourself. You just said it. You don't believe yourself to be an uh, just an executive of an association. You're an information destruction guy, passionate about this. So um, as someone who sees the industry in the way you do as the CEO of the industry association, 
Um, what's the most important message this year in 2014 for companies that are a part of the secure information destruction industry? What, what would you encourage? What would you say? What would be your best advice uh, as this year begins? The thread of what I would recommend, I think, runs through most of what we've talked about here today in that it's, it's becoming quite obvious that the, the, the clients that are willing to um, pay for the qualification, understand the need for the qualifications of the vendors are growing. They're the ones on which there's a, a profit can be made. None of that means you, can, you, you don't have to run a tight ship. It will always be a competitive marketplace. Right. But the, the ability to, um, to talk the talk, understand the terminology, the ability to understand the, the you know how the legislation works, why it works, what it means to the customer, is is going to be critical for capturing that market where you can be most profitable. Again, it doesn't forgive any. It's not going to forgive anything on the uh, on the operational side. You still have to be extremely operationally right. efficient. You you uh, you also can't get greedy. I mean, there's no there's no margin for that in here. But but um, it, it, it it may even be the the way best way to look at it is. All things equal, the business is going to go to the company who can be the compliance partner with the customer. And I have to, I have to, I'm, I'm going to say something, and I only because I know listeners might be thinking this is that 90% of the customers I talk to don't care. And I would say to them, they don't care because you don't know how to make them care. Mm. And that, so the problem isn't with them, it's with you. And if you know the right things to say, if you know, if you know the stuff and you're confident you know it, you, it, it is possible to to raise that threshold at the customer level. And if I could be, give a pitch for the conference or Shred School, that this year's conference is fraught with. Um, it not only is a great celebration of our 20 years, but it's it is it is chock full of the, this curriculum that I'm talking about that mm. you need to capture that uh, that marketplace. Right. Right. Well, Bob, we could probably go on and on, but uh, I, I appreciate you sharing um, what's happened in the previous year and where, where you're thinking in the year ahead and your advice and, and perspective. And more importantly, uh, like I've already said, congratulations on a job well done. Uh, thank you for your passionate leadership and uh, thank you for for making such a difference in this industry for so many people. And uh, I wish you uh, incredible success in the year ahead. I, I know it's another big one. It's a big celebration year. And so uh, I hope you have a lot of fun this year and not just look forward, but look back and, and celebrate the amazing accomplishment. So thanks for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Hey, Tom, um, before I leave, I want to say not only thanks for having me on the call today, but thanks for everything you've done uh, to not only help NAID, but to advance the RIM industry. The RIM Pro Report, um, you know, all, all, of the, all of the stuff you're doing for your clients, you, the, 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 the speeches, the, the, the education you provided at all of the RIM conferences has been invaluable. So you're, you're, you're one of our best industry assets and keep doing what you're doing, okay? Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk soon. Thanks. All right, brother. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it. Lots going on in the information destruction industry. And Nate, a special thanks to Bob for joining us today. Uh, one of the things I love about Bob is just so passionate about this industry and passionate about 
uh, helping uh, really evolve and develop the secure information destruction value in the marketplace. And I think one of the things that to me becomes meaningful is what we talked about just uh, at the beginning of our conversation, that sense that there's a lot of work that happens behind the scenes uh, when, uh, you know, with, with governments and legislative powers and uh, some of that work doesn't seem like it has an immediate impact, but one of the things that I see as I just talked to Bob there is is the, the impact that will undoubtedly start to roll out of that kind of work uh, maybe in the next couple of years, um, specifically as it relates to legislation and how important that's going to be going forward. So thanks to Bob for joining us. Thanks to you for joining us. I appreciate you being here. If you're doing something cool and interesting, I'd love to hear about it. As I told you last week, we're going to start to evolve the show a little bit starting in February. Uh, I'm going to back off on the number of shows we do each month probably to one or two and really look for powerful, impactful, elegant conversations that will really help uh, you to grow your business or to understand your business better or to to learn something that will transform your business. And that's the goal where we're going uh, for the next couple of weeks. We're still on track with our, our weekly show, uh, but I just wanted to keep you aware of that happening uh, going forward. And as I do that, I want to especially thank uh, O'Neill Software, who's been our exclusive sponsor for the last couple of years. As luck would have it, I've gotten to know many of the people who are behind the scenes in O'Neill. I know many people in the industry meet people at the trade shows and, and in the uh, the booths that are in the trade show halls. But there's people behind the scenes who never come to those events. Uh, they're the software developers who uh, are really absolute geniuses at what they do. The people who write the code, the massive amounts of code that make everything operate. I, I continue to be amazed every time that you turn on uh, your system and your computers and things just work. And uh, the only way they work is for, for really intelligent people who have the ability to put these kind of things together so that every time you turn it on, it just works for you. So. Uh, those, those kind of people run behind the scenes and make great things happen, not just now, but in the future, the future that you're going to need uh, going forward in your business. So uh, special thanks to O'Neill Software. And if you want to learn more about them, you can uh, visit them at O'NeillSoft.com. That's it for us. We're out of here. We'll be back next week with another great show for you. Have a great one. We are out of here. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Inc. Join us again soon.